You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. The phone number, if you'd like to participate, 608-501-0718. That number again, 608-501-0718. 0718. If you are a new caller, in other words, if I don't recognize your phone number, I will start with you. So a little perk for you, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, but we don't have that today, so we're just going to start. I shouldn't say we're just going to start. We're absolutely going to start on the highest possible note with Omar, the firefighter. What's going on? It's Omar, the firefighter. What's up? Hey, I was listening again to the uh, podcast, and I'm laughing about how if you have superpowers... You would like rob a bank. I'm or just being honest, man. At least, you know, work for the government yep. and just do all this crazy stuff, which I'm laughing because I'm like, nine percent of people probably would do the same thing. <laughs> um, but uh, it made me think of two movies that regular people got superpowers, but there wasn't like a comic book movie or superhero movie. Okay. Uh, one was called Chronicle, which is PG-13. Um, and it's about three friends. They find like a spaceship or something. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they they find something and it gives them superpowers. Like they pick it up like a cube or something and yeah. it gives them all superpowers the next day. And then one of the friends like ends up turning like super evil. <laughs> so the other two try to stop them basically. Nice. Um, and that's, that was that movie. I can't remember. I'm not gonna lie. I can't remember if that movie was like really, really good or it's just interesting. I, I don't yeah. know. But that's called Chronicles. The other movie that I do remember pretty well is called Affected. And this one, because I like horror movies, this one is a guy gets a bit by a vampire. And then he kind of, this one's rated R, so you wouldn't watch this one really is, but he gets bit by a vampire. Okay. And then he kind of have this superpowers like a vampire. And what he does, at least in the beginning, is he like fights crime. Because you guys, like, they can't kill him. Like, he, you know, he got all these superpowers and stuff. So I actually like that one because I kind of feel like I do the same thing. Like, if I got bit by a vampire now, you know, that would suck. But, (laughs) you know, I look normal and got all these superpowers. As long as I'm not out in the daylight, I probably would do the same. And um, he kind of, he doesn't die in the daylight, but he just gets real sick. So it's like... I want to say, like, over time, it gets worse. Like, the very next day, he's like, oh, the sun's bothering me, but it's not a big deal. But that's called Affected. I think you'll like that one. Just at least watch that one one yeah. time. Chronicles, you can watch uh, just in general if you feel like it. Or just maybe watch the trailer. You get what I'm saying on that one. Um, also, I can't believe you haven't watched uh, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse. Uh, that was uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's a kid's movie, but it's like uh, a good the good kids movie that adults and kids like. You can watch that with your son or or, or any of your kids. That was an awesome movie. I'm sure it's probably on Netflix or Disney Plus or something. Um, but that's a good movie. That's the story about Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Um, so that's, you know, I'm pretty sure y'all like that. All right, go, Pat, go. Oh, lastly, why is Aaron Rodgers holding us hostage? This is so crap. He said he wouldn't take as much time, and he's doing literally the exact same thing. Like, he needs to hurry up, and I love that it seems like we're going to give him the boot. Uh, anyway, go back, go. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll start with the end with the Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, it is taking a long time. I mean, I, again, I I hate to keep making excuses for him, but at the same time, it's like you, you kind of understand that there is somewhat of another layer now that he's like meeting with teams and trying to decide if that's the direction he wants to go. Um, so it it in my mind, it almost kind of resets, right? Granted, this could have been done a long time ago instead of all the golfing and stuff for like a month or however long before you decided to start thinking about it. 
But anyways, this is where we're at. He did his darkness retreat to kind of, you know, think things through a little bit about life. And like he said, he contemplated retirement. He contemplated coming back. And now he's meeting with Teebs to try to like, you know, be able to visualize what that would be like. Spent some time in New York, spent some time with the owners and the GM and the whatever. Um, and so, again, it kind of resets the clock a little bit to where it's like, okay, now that you have all the information, take a day, couple days, three days, four days, I don't know, and let us know what you think. But it shouldn't be multiple weeks. You know, it shouldn't be beyond, really, shouldn't be beyond... Free agency. As far as the uh, movie recommendations, I really appreciate that. Those do sound pretty cool. Um, I'll try to track those down and see if I can find them. Um, I, I I really think that'd be kind of a cool concept, you know, because, what was it? Somebody had called in and said that they related to Spider-Man, I think it was, which on some level makes sense, you know. But at the same time, every single superhero is significantly better as a person than I am. It would be nice to have somebody kind of at least have somewhat of a moral conflict. You know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff that I can do that I know I shouldn't do, but maybe you just kind of dabble in it. You know what I mean? Like, what would you do if you could freeze time? I'm just asking. It would, there, there are some things. There's a lot of things you could do. The other thing I was wondering about is if you could freeze time, but I'm not frozen... Am I still aging? Because in reality, it's sort of like I'm shortening my lifespan. I mean, if you froze time for a significant, let's say I like really hate people. So I freeze time so that I can go to the beach for like hours and I'll spend like days and weeks or whatever. I could age, you know, I mean, if, if, you, if, you're, if you pause time for the same amount of time as you unpause time, you cut your life in half. Not your actual life that you're living, but as far as other people, you're aging at twice the rate. So if I'm let's just say you're 30 years old, you'll get to 40 years old in five years. So, I mean, according to everybody, like, dude, you're aging super fast. You'll be an old man. Um, you'll be 80 in 25 years when you should be, uh, what, 55? That part would be weird. But if you don't, then it's like you could live forever. And then it would be scary to unpause it because it's like you're just burning life. And I could live forever. Just keep this thing paused, you know? But again, with like the pausing thing, you're not tempted to do at least a little bit walk in that bank vault, even if you just want to go in and like touch some money. I don't even know if it's sitting out or whatever, but just go in and just sit with it for a little bit, you know? And what if you walk out with a hundred bucks? What happens? What's going to happen if you walk out with a hundred bucks? I'm just saying it would be cool to have at least some kind of a movie where you're, you're st- like, I, I shouldn't do this. You know what I mean? I should just live my life and struggle like everybody else. That's my obligation as a human, to struggle with everybody else, right? My life is supposed to suck like that guy's life, like that lady's life, everybody else's life. No cheat codes allowed. But I got a cheat code. What if I balance it? See, and that's when you start to, like, compromising a little bit where it's like, all right, what if I don't do that, but I just monetize what I'm doing? You know what I mean? And again, that immediately my mind goes to like, killing terrorists and stuff. I mean, if, if you can stomach it, I don't know. I haven't killed a person or whatever, but it's like, look, there's this guy who uh, his whole thing is, you know, kidnaps people and does terrible things, responsible for thousands of deaths and torture and everything else. Pause time, go in, wipe out everybody in the room, walk out, 50 million bucks, 10 million, a million. To be honest, I do it for a thousand bucks, but you're the US government and you throw money around on stupid crap all the time. 10 milli in my bank. And you just tell the IRS to just don't worry about it. Okay? Just period. That's the second. Tell you what, 5 million, we'll cut it in half, but the IRS is, is ordered to never worry about me. I don't exist to the IRS ever. I don't have to do taxes. I don't have to do nothing. I was, <laughs> I was even getting super stupid with like, if you could teleport, what if you just created a service? I think I might've talked about this last time, but you just create a service for people where it's like, if you want a baguette from France, you know, they got like that gold belly thing. Everything is super expensive on there, but, you know, really nice restaurants will ship you stuff. I will get you a baguette from France, fresh, delivered to your person. Say the baguette's like 20 bucks, 1,000% markup, 200 bucks. You drop $200 and you will have a fresh 
French baguette. It's, it's obviously marketed for rich people, but what am I going to waste my time for with like some guy who wants me to pick up his McDonald's order down the street for five bucks? I'm not doing that, all right? In fact, super rich people, they probably do $2,000. They don't care. I don't know. We'll figure out the pricing. But And then I can go in there, I'll grab myself one, then like pop into Jennifer Lopez's house and be like, hey, hey Jenny, I got your baguette again. Here you go. Cup of coffee. That's the other thing. You can go around the world, dude. From coffee from like the Middle East or whatever. I think they do coffee pretty good. Middle Eastern coffee. French baguette. What else do you do for uh, breakfast? Who else has good breakfast stuff other than the French? Probably want a, a croissant more than a baguette. But just don't worry about it. Oh, check this out. Belgian waffles from Belgium. Croissant, coffee, waffles. Little Italian thing. I don't really know what, but something Italian probably. And then some fresh squeezed orange juice from some tropical place. Huh? Ten grand. You'll have the best of the best from all around the world delivered. There you go. Enjoy. That'd be kind of cool. And I can just, you know, not do it if I don't feel like it. Like, I just made ten grand. Took me probably a couple hours, because you gotta wait for all the... Well, maybe not. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Then I can just teleport to Vegas, drop ten grand on black, and see how she rolls. Because who cares? I'm going to go grab another 10 grand in a minute. I don't need this 10 grand. This is stupid. Johnny Depp wants to drop like five grand on some sushi from Japan. I'm just going to go grab that real quick. <laughs> need this 10 grand. This is nothing. And if I win on black, I'm going to take the money. I'm going to walk outside. I'm going to throw it up in the air. And I'm going to walk out. Because I can do whatever I want. Crazy thing is, I don't even need the money because I can do whatever I want anyways. I don't have to pay to get into Disneyland. I just go in. Teleport inside, be like, do you pay? Like, dude, I totally paid. Don't worry about it. Don't you shut up. Who's going to know? I can teleport. I don't have to pay for admission of nothing. I don't need to pay for plane tickets, gas, cars, nada. I don't even need a house. I can teleport into an empty hotel room in the finest hotels in the world. It's going to be awkward when the person wakes up and I'm sleeping on their couch in the hotel room, but I'll give them 10 grand. Just be like, just don't worry about it. I got a bunch of these things. You know what these are? These are called 10 grands. It's what I do. Sorry. We'll, uh, we'll move on. I'm just saying it would be, be an interesting movie. Rather than getting bit by a spider and saying, I think I'm going to solve all the world's problems and suffer in silence and get nothing out of this. It's a good thing for a movie to, you know, good virtues and whatnot. I'm just, you know, I don't know. Hey, this is Omar Firefighter again. Hey, hey, man. So I'm listening to continue on. And then to find out, now, that you didn't even watch the boys' first episode. You watched the first episode of season three. Oh, yeah. I think, or season four. It like, could be. You're supposed to go back to the beginning. So that scene you're talking about is crazy, yes. But you have to go back and watch the first episode and start from there. Yeah, you but just, it just like, leads to season three. You know? So why? I'm just going to pick up where I left off at. So you have to go back and watch the first episode, Ooh. and then you'll get all the other stuff, which is which sometimes funny. <laughs> but not every episode is like that. That was just supposed to be like um, something to mess with everybody's mind mm, because did. the show always has like one scene that just be like that just be like wow, I can't see and you just be like wow, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> and that was the number one thing out of the whole series that you're like wow, I can't believe they did that. And and it was the, like, one five-minute portion of, you know, the show I saw. That's the first episode you watched. So you already, like, if you go back and watch <laughs> the very first episode, like, the first season, that would be, it'd be nothing because you saw that. So, <laughs> anyway, if you want to watch something else, like I said before, uh, Into the Spider-Verse is a great family movie. And then the other two that I told you, the Chronicle is alright, I think, um, and Affected is good. But I'm just disappointed in you, man. You didn't even watch the first episode. You always I say I, I give at least a one episode try before. So definitely um, watch that. I don't think you watched Invincible, but that's only one season. You can watch the first episode of that. That's on Prime as well. It's a cartoon, but it's good animation. It's like a adult or teenager and adult uh, uh sitcom so it's not like Scooby-Doo or anything like that yeah but um even though Scooby-Doo is I kind of like Scooby-Doo a little bit um anyway go pack go but yes man you can't start a dang going sitcom in the 
end of the last season, you know, you got to watch the first season at least. But anyway, <laughs> go back, go, man. Is that cartoon thing anything like Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Because that's a cartoon I can get behind. Ah, uh, physical fitness, whatever. You know, whatever. You do what you like to do, I do what I like to do, okay? But you're a sucker. You're getting fed this line about how, like, you're going to live forever or whatever. You're going to die. Someone will kill you. Someone will kill you with a knife. Make sure your abs are uh, friggin' ripped. You got some good guns. You want to look good for when you get stabbed with a knife. Sorry, that's how it works. Oh, Carl. One of my favorite characters of anything ever. So I'm just listening to the podcast, all these podcasts while I'm working out. Yeah. And I don't know if I just want to get back to football or if I just don't feel like doing this workout, so I keep stopping to call you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but anyway, I realized, I was like, man, I called twice about the movies and superheroes. So let me go back to a football with a scenario. Right? So football with a scenario, because we know Rogers is petty. What if he does? he's doing all of this, right? Because you know... It's going to lower the trade value. So let's say, all right, we end up trading and we only get like a second for him, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because basically the only Jets based on the only team that basically take them. Um, so we get a second. They're like a conditional second next year or conditional first. And if he retires, it, it ends up not being anything. So he does all this, and then he goes to the Jets, and then he shows up for off-season workouts, which he hasn't shown up for us for uh, forever. He shows up to all weekend workouts, and he plays, like, lights. He's, like, super football every day just to kind of, like, stick it to us, like, see. Because, you see, he always plays better when he got chip on the shoulder. Right. So that will just be the most craziest thing. Like, he he takes a pay cut from Jets, and they do, like, they go all, go all in, and they sign D-Hop, and they just do – and they just basically have all the series trying to go to the Jets, and and they just go crazy. I would be like, you, mother mm. – you know what I'm saying? Like that would be that would be crazy. But I would still be happy with that pick, and I want him on my team. That was the end of the story. All right, <laughs> go back. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, it would it would mostly just be, I think, for most. Well, the the Packer fans would be split into two camps. One would be you and I, who would just kind of roll our eyes and go, "That freaking figures," you know, just figures. But at the same time, whatever. It it doesn't matter whether you play well or play poorly, right? That the, the how you play is irrelevant to me based, you know, as far as what we need to do moving forward. So, you know, I wish you the best, best of luck, but it would just feel like, I mean, in a way it's almost confirmation that it was the right decision. As weird as it sounds, just because it's like, this is, this is sort of the problem. You know, he's, you don't know what you're going to get from Rodgers, but you know if you make him mad, he's got to go prove, okay, you proved it. Way to go. Round of applause. Anyways, enjoy your retirement. We're going to go on with love here. I mean, it, it's it's irrelevant. The, the other camp, obviously, would be, see, 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 so good. You're an idiot. And it's like, again, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. He could be the MVP for the Jets, and I would not look back and say it was the wrong decision. He might be the MVP next year. It doesn't matter. If you promised me that he would be the MVP if he came back this year, but then he was going to retire, I don't want him. It's not about the play. I mean, it is a little bit. I mean, it certainly makes it an easier decision seeing how he played last year, but that's not the reason he's got to go. He's got to go because he's got to go. What is one more year going to do? Other than jack up our salary cap, and destroy our chances of of having Jordan Love. What is one more year going to do? I don't understand. Who cares? One year. We got to get moving here. We got to start. We, we we the team is already understands it has to transition in a new direction. Why are we postponing it? Why for what? So that we can win two or three more games with Rodgers? Maybe that's assuming he gets significantly better than he was last year. And assuming Jordan Love is not super great, I just, you know, it's just it's just time, period. It's time. Rodgers knows it's time. The Packers know it's time. Jordan Love is, is ready. It's time. It's probably time last year. And we missed that window. Oh, well, it happens. It's freaking time.
But yeah, if he goes off and is like, oh, I'm going to show everybody, like, all right, dude, have fun. You go show everybody how mad you are, and yeah, you're real good. That's great, buddy. Happy for you and stuff. Have fun on Pat McAfee telling everybody, you know, how stupid everybody is, and the Packers are stupid, and Packer fans are stupid, and yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay, get it off your chest there, Chief. Do what you got to do. Hey, Pat Gaddy, caller number five. Hey, man. I was just listening to the pod and just thought I'd call in with my uh, a quick scenario for you. So, first of all, before we get into the scenario, I'm in love with Darnell Washington. Yes. I'm not afraid to say it. Yes. I believe he's my number one crash, uh, draft crush now. Love it. He's um, just awesome, man. Awesome to watch, awesome to look at. And he's going to be uh, – I think he's going to be one of those what did we miss on this guy when he eventually ends up on a team? So. Well, and that's the thing that's scary about guys like Darnell Washington. I mean, it's very similar to Christian Watson. Um, and I kind of made that comparison before, but you you see the potential for him to just be what you see, right? He's never going to get any better than this, which is, you know, it's fine, but it's whatever. But you also see basically a limitless potential, a limitless ceiling, right? He's, he's like... I, borderline like on that Kyle Pitts tier, not quite Kyle Pitts, but, you know, and just being bigger and faster and stronger than everybody. And if he goes to a team and just tears it up and is an unstoppable force, it's going to be one of those things you look back and go, what a bunch of freaking idiots. I mean, what what about him told you that he wasn't going to be this? Everything pointed to him being this. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys that are that way. I mean, you know, you can go down the line and look at, uh, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, if he ends up being the next Justin Jefferson, you look back and go, well, I guess we should have seen that coming. But yeah, that is what's exciting about him is he is just a complete freak. And there's a very high probability. And this isn't true of everybody, but there is a very high probability based on where he's expected to be drafted and looking at what his ceiling is. When you look at that differential, he's high up on the list of guys that's going to get drafted, is going to tear up the league and people are going to go, wow, we missed on that one. I'm hoping it's the Packers, but here's the scenario. Uh, scenario one, we trade back from 13. Yep. See what I did there? Yep. We I trade back from 13 to, let's call it like 19. I don't know, somewhere in the 1920 range. Yeah. And we draft Darnell there, or we go back to back tight ends in the second round. What do you think is more likely? What would make you happier? Sure. Back to back tight ends or just drafting Darnell this draft in the first round? What would make you more angry or more happy? Uh, yeah, that's it. So, in the one scenario, the problem is we don't have a second second round pick, right? So we traded back and then got Darnell Washington. I guess we could trade back and not get Darnell Washington. So, just trying to understand the scenario. If we trade, let's first start with this. So, if we trade back from thirteen to twenty, let's just say we get that pick thirteen. We could maybe get Seattle's third-round pick. It's a little bit of a stretch in our, or I mean, uh, second-round pick. A little bit of a stretch in our favor. Maybe we have to give something back, but let's just say that that's the case. So we trade back and get Darnell Washington at 20, or we trade back, get two players in the first round, and then go back-to-back tight ends in the second round. I think if we go back-to-back tight ends in the second round, considering we're looking at pick 45 and pick, uh, what was it, uh, 51-ish, Washington is off the table. But you're possibly looking at like Luke Musgrave and Sam Laporta. In fact, that's probably what it would have to be. Maybe Tucker Craft, I don't know. Or the other scenario, we trade back, and let's say in the first round we get uh, beep-beep-bop-boop-boop, Let's say let's say we get uh, Injigba with our 15th pick and then we get Washington after that. We still have two second round picks. Maybe get Mozzie Smith and then uh is there an edge rusher kind of end of the second-ish. Felix Uzoma, Derek Hall. I mean, I I think part of the problem is I haven't spent enough time looking at these types of prospects to see if I really 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 like them because if they are I might be kind of okay with one strategy or the other. Like, I, I haven't really watched uh, Laporta at all. So, yeah, obviously for that reason, I'd rather just get the guy that I like as opposed to passing on it. But I'm sure you could create a scenario, especially, you know, given the time to kind of look it all the way through. Because I, I still, I don't know, man. I still have this 
thing stuck. As much as I say I really like Darnell Washington, I still have this thing stuck in the back of my head that's like, do we really want him at 15 or even 20? You know, what if he is just Mercedes Lewis? But I guess that's kind of like saying, what if Christian Watson is just MVS? Is that a terrible pick at basically the back of the first round for him? But what if he's not? That's the thing. So I guess if it's just to appease me, yeah, just give me my guy. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Seth. Hey. Uh, just calling in a few thoughts. You know, I'd kind of been thinking with this taking so long that maybe they were trying to, with Rodgers, of course, trying to work on a trade and, you know, you don't hear about it until dumps. So that, that takes longer than just being like, yeah, I'm coming back or I'm retiring, but yeah. I didn't know for sure. So anyway, some of these reports coming out from about him talking to me that the Jets sounds like maybe that's confirming that. Um, at first it's like, is this, is this true or not? But then I'm like, is, as much as it's being reported, I feel like it'd be hard to, hard to say that it's not true. Um, and then I've seen uh, several people saying, you know, like it'd be nice to get Corey Davis back, which I have no issues with that if it's, you know, the right money or whatever, because I think they were looking at cutting him if they couldn't trade him. But my uh, hot take is I actually think that we're going to trade Rodgers and Bakhtiari together to the Jets. I don't know what that return looks like, but that would help us cap-wise, and I think Bach wants to stay with Rodgers. Um so that, uh, that's my hot take. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll have some news today. All right, bye. That is a pretty spicy take. Here, here's something else that's kind of interesting, and I don't know if the Packers would necessarily want him back. The Jets apparently really do not like Mekhi Becton, who is the really high pick that they took at left tackle that David Bakhtiari would presumably be replacing. Now, on the other side, it's entirely possible they just move Becton over to right tackle. But just something to throw out there. As far as uh, that whole thing, it is possible. We, we first of all, have to free up a lot of space in order to do this trade, you know, prior to June 1st or whatever, which presumably that's exactly what we'd be doing. And if we did trade David Bakhtiari, it would free up some space for us. Not a ton, but it'd save us about $5.6 million. Now, we could save more than that by just restructuring, but the fact of the matter is we save almost $6 million and then next year he's completely off the books, which would be fantastic. Now, I don't obviously think that's going to happen, but um, you know, one of the things I've been wondering about, I saw somebody on Twitter say, now they have, you know, kind of joking, but now Gutekunst has to have the uncomfortable conversation with David Bakhtiari of, hey, we need to restructure you so that we can trade away your, your buddy Rogers. And would he even, I, I guess he would do it, obviously, because if it's what Rogers wants, he would do it. But if there were any kind of friction there, somebody had made a comment and I couldn't really confirm it, but um, that, you know, th- they didn't put any void years on David Bakhtiari. It must have been uh, Ingles, maybe. But they didn't put any void years on David Bakhtiari's contract, and they're going to have to do that to free up some space this time around. But there was, again, some kind of comment about he didn't allow that last time or something. Again, I couldn't find any confirmation of that. But, you know, if he starts digging his heels and saying, no, I don't want this void year nonsense, I don't want this or that or whatever... Um, you could maybe see something like that happening. Again, I don't think that that would happen, but man, would that be massive. And then the question becomes, what kind of compensation are we getting for that? Because now you're starting to talk about players, right? So maybe it's like a first this year and a first next year. And maybe that's all it is. I don't know, because he's got a pretty hefty contract too. Although we're eating a lot of his contract. His base salary is only 6.7 and then 10.7 next year. And who knows, maybe they end up working out a new contract with him or something. I don't know. But yeah, the other option would be to get something back in return. So, you know, first round, next year's second, and uh, some player or something that they don't really want. Probably not Mekhi Becton, because that's, even though they, the, the coaching staff apparently is not super thrilled with him, which is all the reason why the Packers probably wouldn't want him either, necessarily. But, um, you know, the uh, third-rate wide receiver or something, I don't know. Maybe Mims. You mentioned Corey Davis, possibly. Not sure the status of some of their players, Jordan Whitehead, the safety. I don't think they're going to do that because they've got a question to make with LaMarcus Joyner as it is. But yeah, it's an interesting thought. Again, I mean, it's it's beyond a long shot, but it's worth at least talking about. I think it's, uh, again, that that the only reason it's, it's super interesting is because, again, I did start to wonder if there was friction there. That's the big contract that we've got to get worked out. All the other ones seem to be getting worked out. They freed up a ton of space, but this David Bakhtiari thing is not getting done. And that's weird. And I don't know why it's not getting done. Time is running out, right? I mean, Rogers is going to make a decision, and we're going to have to be able to move him, and we're going to have to be, I mean, we can trade him and and be negative, 
But once the new league year starts, you can't be. So they've got like a week to get back, you know, and and, and they may not even be over the cap at that point, but they got to start making moves. And if, if Bakhtiari is digging in his heels, you may not be able to do anything with Bakhtiari. And, and there are other options, and I'll, I'll try to remember to talk about that on tomorrow's podcast. I've got a list of things. Uh, somebody wrote an article, thanks to them, uh, different moves that they can make. But yeah, that's an interesting thought. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support the podcast. Also, please check out packernet.substack.com. I've got a bunch of scouting reports coming out. Uh, I've been kind of on pause with that as I've been trying to grind through all this other stuff, but um, got a little bit of time, been uh, kind of smoothing out my process so it doesn't take quite as long, and um, got some good stuff up over there, really do. Just to give you an idea, it's basically uh, you get the overview, there's a highlight video to watch, all of their combine details, strengths, weaknesses, um, disputes, you know, what some scouts say, some, some scouts disagree or whatever, so you get to see that. Summary, scouting comps, uh, comps that other scouts have said. So just for an example, here's, it, it hasn't been published yet, but I'm, I'm almost done with this one. Joey Porter Jr., you got his combine details, 6'2", 198, 32 and a quarter arms, 9 and a quarter hands, all that stuff, all the way down. You got the strengths, you got the weaknesses, and then, for example, like disputes. Some scouts question his durability. He missed four games in 2021 with a shoulder injury, while others downplayed as a minor concern. Stuff like that. Some scouts doubt his versatility because he played mostly press man coverage at Penn State. Others praise his adaptability because he showed improvement in off coverage at the Senior Bowl. Then you got a summary. You got the scouting comps. So three different comps that different scouts or or websites had said for Joey Porter Jr. Richard Sherman, A.J. Boye, and James Bradbury. Then I have my own personal comp. In this case, it's Byron Jones, and there's a little paragraph explaining why he's similar to Byron Jones. And then finally is um, just kind of a draft range. So I just kind of look at where on, for example, the mock drafts, the earliest, the latest, what's most common. And then I try to find a mock where he went to the Packers just for fun to kind of throw that in there. So those are the key points that I look for, the earliest, the latest, to give you sort of a range where he's usually going, and then uh, the Packers mock. So I think it's a pretty good that you know it it hits all the points that I always want with a uh, scouting report. If there's anything that's missing that you think would be kind of cool to have in here, you can let me know. But um, yeah, I, I think this is a pretty comprehensive thing. So you can sign up at packernet.substack.com. I've got a bunch of other stuff over there too. By the way, if you have any other ideas for content that you think would be kind of fun, sort of a behind the scenes, if you are a Substack subscriber or if you subscribe on Patreon or whatever, and you have access to this. Um, Give me some thoughts and let me know, and I'll try to see what I can do. But we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm excited. All right. Oh, yeah, this is Omar 55. Hey, what's up? Uh... I'm excited we're going to trade him to the Jets. Now I just want to see what this compensation is going to be like. I'm excited. I couldn't do the long one again. I'm, I'm winded. Sorry. Um, ooh, it's just um, it's a good day. It's a good day out there. I'm going to be honest. I, like I said, I love Aaron Rodgers. He just played like crap last year. And I, I hope they do. You know, if the Packers don't go to the Super Bowl, I hope the Jets do go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, even at all, I have no problem with that. We will be perfectly fine with that. I'm just hoping 
you know, as long as Rodgers is cool about it. I mean, again, if he does this whole Pat McAfee thing and starts throwing everybody under the bus and it becomes this thing where the the Packers ownership and the coaching staff and everybody else are a bunch of losers and the Packer fans are ungrateful and Jordan Love is trash and blah, blah, blah. I can't get behind him. I can't do it. I can't root for the guy. If he doesn't go that route and it's like, I always wanted to retire there, I love it, blah, 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 100%. If the Packers aren't in it, I'm rooting for Rodgers to to win it all with the Jets. I don't really have a problem with that. We can get, you know, at least the first-round pick of the Jets because I know a lot of people want a whole bunch, but we don't really have – that's the only team we really trying to play for. That's the only team we're trying to play for. And we don't really have that much leverage in the way he plays. It's kind of hard to uh, ask for a whole lot. But uh, hopefully we get, you know, the first-round pick this year and then like a conditional second or something. Next year, so we can have like two years, or vice versa, second round pick this year and the first round pick next year. I don't know, but I'm hoping we just, I'm just excited we get to start the Jordan Love era and uh, see what Matt LaFleur play is going to be like. See, see, let's see how, see how his coaching style is without somebody telling them that his plays are trash. Yeah. You know, um, it's it's kind of funny because previous call I was like, hey, what if you know Rogers trying to mess up the whole you know, his drink, you know trade value, but which I feel like he still kind of did. But anyway, I'm excited I got that news. I'm sure I'm probably like the sixth person that called by You're now. The first, you know, because I got the notification on my phone about like an hour ago. So uh, I'm sure he probably done got a whole bunch of calls about it, but. As again, as everyone else is who wanted to get Rodgers out there, we are excited. Yeah, these shoes are getting weaker and weaker, man. I need to work out some more. All right, bye. You are the first, but there are a lot of calls after you. There, there was a barrage of calls once this uh, news broke. And, and again, it was very, like, evolving. The whole thing was was weird. And it was... On and on and on. Like, the more information you got, the more I was like, dude, this is going to happen. Like, this might be today. Like, everyone's glued to Twitter. Like, when's the announcement coming? And then, you know, again, you get the the notification or whatever that, oh, no, no, the, this is just part of his process. Like, don't worry about it. Nothing's really happening. Adam Schefter's even like, no, no, go golfing. Like, I'll let you know when it starts heating up. It's nothing right now. So it's like, okay, so this was this was absolutely nothing. But nobody knew that at the time. So, yeah, we got a lot of calls, and I'm actually kind of interested to see where this goes in terms of everybody's different interpretations. Okay, Ryan, so I'm going to set the record straight for when it comes to uh, Illinois real quick. Um, I totally get it. Chicago is a toilet bowl. I will not argue with that one iota. But everything south of that is farmland, industrial, basically flyover country that hardworking blue collar farmers and people like that that uh, live in Illinois take, um, I don't know, I, I think we're high on where we live except for uh, Chicago. So I wish we could succeed from them, but oh well. But if you're going to vacation, you are already familiar with Carbondale. Come down to Southern Illinois where it's as soon as you pass into our section of Southern Illinois, it, it becomes this whole new region. Uh, Garden of the Gods, look all these places up. Uh, Giant City Park, great places to take your kids and go trail hiking and camping. And when it comes to barbecue, 17th Street in Murfreesboro yep. um, is a world champion barbecuer. Yep. And he has restaurants in Vegas and New York. And uh, I mean, the, the, the barbecue is unbelievable, and yeah. they hold barbecue championships in Murfreesboro. Yeah. Um, it's sometime, I think, like in September, right before Apple Fest. So, man, if you want to bring your kids and family down to a great place and, and enjoy some festivals and championship barbecuing, look up Murfreesboro Barbecue. Okay? Yeah. Now, moving on to football real quick. Um, uh-huh. Car is now. Just, um, just so we're caught up. My sister now lives about an hour from there. So when I found out where she was at, I don't remember the exact town or whatever. I think it's uh, maybe like Carlisle or something. I don't know, some small town. They're all small towns out there. 
But um, I'm trying to even find... Oh, there it is. But um, yeah, I did know about that place. I definitely want to try it out. Sounds amazing. It's one of the only... I mean, when you look at like the top barbecue places in the world, this is probably the closest to me. And this is, what, seven hours or something for me to get there probably? Long time. Um, SIU, very familiar with. Um, I went to school, obviously, in Illinois and the vast majority of our friend group decided to go to SIU. So me and one other guy moved up to the Milwaukee area and we would carpool down again, seven, eight hours, whatever it was to go down to SIU. And that was like my first introduction into sort of partying and whatnot. I had done a little bit in Wisconsin, just kind of like, you know, I I met, uh, believe it or not, the guy was a a well-known beer pong guy. I don't think he ever won a championship, but that's, I mean, he actually went to Vegas. There was a documentary, um, about beer pong and he was a part of that uh, I think they followed him out there and everything else so he was the one that taught me how to play beer pong and he was really interested in my cousin and I don't think my cousin was as much into him which was kind of sad because I really liked the guy but whatever but anyways aside from that SIU was like my introduction to how th- that was the first time I learned about, about pre-gaming and I was like are you freaking serious like we got to get hammered before we go get hammered I don't understand but SIU was fun good town Got to travel around and see all the different stuff. Went to a couple Salukis games, I think. Worked out in the gym, all that stuff. And then the only other thing is um, we stopped going through the Chicago-Indianapolis route when we go down to Florida because we don't want to go through Chicago or Indianapolis. So we go down through um, Illinois. And um, the last time we did that, we stayed in Paducah, which I know is not in Illinois, but obviously it's right on the, the edge there. So some familiarity with that whole situation that you got going on down there? Well, obviously, signed with New Orleans. Geno Smith has signed with Seattle, and it's looking more and more and more and more and more like uh, Rodgers is going to the Jets. So my hopes for draft picks are getting higher and higher and higher. Let's just hope that uh, we can take... Like what you had proposed in last night's uh, Packer Night After Dark, uh, we move up, we get in Jigba, and we get Darnell Washington. How awesome would that be? Because I think um, as much as I wouldn't mind getting someone like Gonzalez for those guys, I just don't think they're going to be there at 15, but we get the Jets pick. I mean, it, it does change things a little bit, but uh, I think I think we got to go all in with, with offense. And uh, I would not have any problem with them picking Darnell Washington that early. I think his upside is just, uh, I just can't go on and on about him. So unless he does something really stupid between now and then, man, it's like, that's my guy now. I, I've coin flipped from there to him. But after the combine, I, I think there's no contest. It, it's Darnell Washington all the way. Yeah, he's uh He's a pretty exciting prospect, that's for sure. I'm just checking right now to see where he's at as far as him moving up. Um, it looks like he's moved up just ever so slightly from 37th up to 35th. So he's not exactly flying up the boards. And again, I think that really is just because everybody kind of knew what he was. He didn't really do anything at the Combine that you know people that knew anyways didn't already expect. So um, yeah, I, I, I just... I'm really, I don't know if this is as common in prior drafts or not, but I don't really remember um, to this degree the amount of people that I was just completely dumbfounded as to where they might go. And, and you know, there's always a couple that might go within a few picks, but it's like Dalton Kincaid. Is he a second round guy or is is he like a top 13 prospect? Darnell Washington, exact same question. You know, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was dropping down the boards. Now he's flying up the boards. And now apparently he's, we'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow, but apparently he's the number one wide receiver these days to come off the boards. Where does that leave the other guys? You know, I, I just, I have no idea where anybody else is at. So it's a very weird situation that might culminate into, I mean, as it sits right now, I don't think he's going to go in the first round, which is crazy. Because you could absolutely see him going mid-first round for sure. Hey, Ryan. Chris from Sun Prairie calling. Hey. Hey, got a question and a small comment, both related to PFF. I remember that I saw a graphic last year that MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, was one of the worst run-blocking wide receivers, and Alan Lazard was one of the 
best run-blocking wide receivers. Um, how did that shake out in 2023? What what did PFS say um, each one did in terms of run-blocking? Common, I don't know. I was looking at PFF and saw that Billy Turner got a PFF grade in the 50s, so good riddance on that. Yep. Um, free agent signing for Denver last year. Cool. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, I, I had mentioned before that um, uh, Alan Lazard was pretty putrid in terms of his blocking abilities, uh, but let me kind of get a side-by-side here. So looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers, here is how they all shake out as run blockers. Granted, nobody was good at it, but Sky Moore was the best at 64, then Christian Watson at 60, then Romeo Dobbs at 57, then there's a massive drop-off, Justin Watson, 46, Randall Cobb, 45, MVS, 42, Juju Smith-Schuster, 41, Alan Lazard, 39. If we just look at the entirety of the NFL, um, he would rank, let's see, he was 110th out of 118 run blockers, Alan Lazard was. He was the ninth worst in the entire NFL among all wide receivers. He was the worst run blocker on our entire team, which includes offensive line, running backs, tight ends, wide receivers, and anybody else that threw a block at any point in time. MVS was the 17th worst in the NFL. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's up, Ryan? This hey. is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee, and I just listened to uh, the this most recent Packernet After Dark, and uh, you were talking about potentially going to Memphis for the barbecue. Mm. Look, I'm telling you right now, I'm in Memphis. Okay. Been here for a long time. You yep. at least got a friendly voice down here, because you sure probably, I don't know, you might know what I look like. I've been on Twitter. Anyway... Um, yeah, man. So come on down. Uh, I got all of the barbecue places. I love it. In my knowledge bank. I can give you a list of a ton of them. Uh, however, I think your, um, food tastes would align more so with my fiance. Okay. So she is probably going to be the one to give you better, uh, suggestions because i got all these places man i got indian vietnam ethiopian jamaican i'll send you everywhere but uh just want the barbecue anyway, man, man <laughs> come down it'd be great would be dope I, mean, I don't have to see you like i know you don't know me like that what i mean i i anyway. we'd get together cool. if i was in memphis dude. but uh, that's, that's the question right um well hold on so, before we get there can't just jump off it like that. First of all, have you ever hopped down to Hernando and checked out the How to, how to Barbecue Right stuff? Because I'd love to get down there sometime and check that out. Number two, I need rec- considering this is probably never going to happen and I may never step foot in Memphis in my entire life, you got to just hit me with some recommendations. What are the spots, barbecue spots? I know there's like 600,000 of them, but just going off Google reviews, uh, what, Central Barbecue... Just looking at the places that have like 60 billion reviews, Central Barbecue Midtown, um, Central Barbecue Downtown. So there's like (laughs) the three most reviewed places are all Central Barbecue. Barbecue Shop, uh, Topps Barbecue, stuff like that. Those, uh, is is that, is Central Barbecue, is that like the go-to or what? Corky's just sounds like a good spot. Reviews aren't... What are the reviews? I didn't even look at what Central was. Arnold's is 4.7. That might be dope. Central Downtown is 4.4. Yeah, they're consistent with their 4.4s. Central looks okay. Seems a little little commercial. Arnold seems a little bit more upscale than I was expecting. It's like fine dining barbecue. I wasn't expecting that. That was going to be my guess for the spot, but I'm going to retract that. All right, I think I got my pick. I didn't look at every barbecue place out there, but my pick that checks all the boxes is Elwood Shack. That's my that's my guess for top barbecue. Looks amazing. Um, I think that's it. All right, sorry, continue. Well, let's see. I do not like horror movies at okay. all. I don't do horrors. Right. I don't do the crazy... <laughs> you, gotta, 
I know it's a cultural thing, but you got to work on your enunciation a little bit when you're saying horror. I'm just 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 throwing. It's after dark, but still horror. The what is that? The the overly bloody. What do they call them? Slasher films. Sure. The, yeah. You know, like Saw, right? Where you yep. get pulled apart and blood goes everywhere, and it's just crazy. I don't like that stuff, but I think I'm gonna go see the new screen. Okay, I didn't. And I'm not I sure. Think I, there was I know one. you're kind of a movie person. I'm not sure yeah, if bit. you would watch something like Scream. But I remember seeing, like, I vividly remember a scene from one of the screens. I don't know what it is, where the girl is in like this movie set area, and she runs upstairs. And to me, that made it comedic. I thought it was funny. Yeah. But uh, my the, the person that's arguing with me is swearing up and down that it's not a comedy; it's an actual thriller. <laughs> so I don't know. What's your thoughts on Scream? Is it a comedy or an actual thriller? Anyway, peace out. Have I, a nice one. I mean, I okay, haven't good. seen Scream since way back in the day, and I used to watch it kind of regularly, and there was a bunch of them. Although I kind of, I think I'm kind of blending Scream, and I know what you did last summer because that was like a whole genre back then. There was probably a bunch of others, but I, I like those movies. I think I know what you did last summer was I liked a little bit more if I remember correctly. Uh, I thought the first Scream was, it was more of just like a good movie, you know? Like it was crazy murdering people and it had like a good plot and a twist and I thought the acting was pretty cool. Like the guys were pretty actu- actually pretty crazy and whatnot. Um, th- uh, I'd probably lean more thriller, but yeah, I mean, the the biggest issue, and I constantly am trying to check out horror movies, horror movies, and the biggest issue is they just they just kind of suck. Well, either it's the acting is bad or something. But every once in a while, you know, when you when you get a good one, it's a really good movie. I really like it. But you gotta sift through like nine really bad movies just to get to that one. Like that was a good movie. And I don't know if it's worth it, but I just I like I like it because when you find that movie that just has that actual genuine creep factor. It's kind of different than any other genre. I mean, I guess it's kind of like comedy when you find one that actually makes you belly laugh or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's it's just kind of like a hopeful thing. Like, ooh, that's kind of a creepy little picture. And you read the description. It's like, oh, that's an interesting... Uh, that could be... Like, if they do it right, that could be kind of scary. And then you watch and it's like, what? It, first of all, it's like Polish and it's dubbed. Netflix is famous for that. And I'm stupid. I don't even notice it until 10 minutes in. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Not doing this. They're all low budget and whatnot, but I watched one recently. I think it was like a series kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it was a Netflix specific or whatever, but there was a girl that escaped from a cult and there was some kind of crazy stuff. I mean, it was, it wasn't great. I wouldn't want to watch it again. However, if there's more episodes that ever came out or whatever, I would check it out. Kind of keeps you guessing a little bit all along. It was, it was decent. It wasn't really scary. I don't think at any point, but it was, it was good. It was just, it was entertaining trying to think the last time I saw one that was genuinely creepy. The one I keep going back to that surprised me, there was one where um, these kids go visit their grandparents. I know I've talked about it before. Let me see if I can find it. I think it's called The Visit. Pretty sure that's the one. It was just, it was a good enough movie, but then there was just those, those, I mean, it it had a little bit of jump. It's it's not good enough when the movie just makes you jump. That's kind of just annoying. You know what I mean? It's not like creepy. It's just like what's peering around the corner like, ah, okay, lazy. Anybody can do that. Uh, that was pretty good. Other than that, I don't know. I've seen I've seen some decent stuff, but what was that? Uh, it was another series thing on Netflix. Oh, it's called The Watcher. Again, it wasn't. I don't know. It was just it was just good enough to keep your interest. The only thing that sucked is it ended, and it was like, what? How do you end it there? I see. That was kind of the same with uh, the the cult one. Just ended, and it's like, how do you end there? I don't understand. Is there going to be a part two or another season? I have no idea what's going on. But yeah. Anyways. Them's my thoughts on horror movies, I guess. All right, let's get one more snuck in here. Uh, Jersey Mike, who, by the way, has been um, hooking me up with all kinds of food-related things. I've got some pizza dough coming straight out of New York, New Jersey, whatever. So I'm going to be utilizing that and trying to make some pizza. He sent me a, a white pie recipe that looks freaking amazing. And then another uh, pork medallion thing that I want to try. So he's hooking me up with all that stuff. But uh, Jersey Mike, what's going on? Hey, Jersey Mike again. Uh, I feel like I'm on a roll today. Um, <laughs> I'm 
highlights of, you know, the Packers season, just trying to amp myself up for the draft that's coming up, sure. you know, trying to see, like, you know, where where, where I felt like when we're, when we're going through this crap. And I'm thinking to myself, the wide receiver position, we've got, we've got some, some amazing talent, and we've got some guys that, you know, look like they could be something, right? Sure. Talking about Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Samori Torres. Um, I really like the three of them, actually. Um, I think there's something there. Samori doesn't have to be elite. He just has to be good enough, and I think he can definitely do that. He's a big play threat. Dubs looks Sorry like he's that. a possession guy. And Christian Watson, I mean, come on. I mean, I'm super hyped about the man. I don't want to speak uh, Hall of Fame already. But, uh, man, that, that's his projection, right, if he continues this crazy role. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, even if we get some more guys in here uh, during the draft or, or, or uh, free agency, like who would really be be good? Um, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't I don't want to lose Lazard. Uh, I mean, he knows this offensive scheme. He's a really freaking good blocker. The man is a great possession receiver. And is there any possibility that Rodgers? isn't capable of getting him the ball like Jordan Love would be. I mean, Love seems to have a fiery arm. Love seems to be a little bit better, possibly, with the deep ball. It, is it possible that Love could throw Alan Lazard open better than Rodgers? Maybe. Um, or maybe maybe Love throws the ball up more for 50-50 balls and lets, and lets Lazard go win some catches. And I'm watching it, and he wins those catches. Lazard is a dog. I love how much fight. So if Lazard's looking for 10 mil a year, it might be worth it if if we can figure that out with the cap and getting rid of Rodgers, a, a restructuring of his contract or something like that. I mean, what do you think? Let me know. Okay, go. Well, it's it's hard to say. I mean, on one hand, you could look at it and say, you know, there were those many times when guys would come open and Rodgers either wouldn't see him, wouldn't throw to him, whatever. And so, you know, you could certainly see a situation where Lazard could have uh, more receptions, more yards, whatever, with Jordan Love. On the other hand, every great Alan Lazard catch was on a perfect dime throw from Aaron Rodgers. Like that was like the one thing that was consistently just dominant when Rodgers just decided I'm going to Lazard no matter what. And he threw it right over there in the corner and Lazard just caught that thing. So if you take those away, not saying, you know, Jordan couldn't throw those, I don't know. But if you take that away, what the heck did Lazard do for us all year? So, you know, he struggled with blocking. Plus he seems to have like an attitude like he doesn't want to be here anymore. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just over the Lazard thing. It was cool when he was just a dominant blocker and an occasionally good receiver. But if we're talking about a guy that can just run routes well enough and will end up getting open, I think a lot of guys could do that. You know, if they can just follow instructions and run the right route, the, the scheme will kind of dictate whether or not a guy gets open. Um, I would rather find somebody else that can maybe fit that you know I don't know I, I, I it was weird when he kind of took a turn and, and seemed to have sort of an attitude and at that point especially when I saw his run blocking grade and everything else and he was just he wasn't like everything that we loved about Lazard just went down the tubes like he was dropping passes and everything it's like you know what appreciate what you've done for us you're a great success story as far as a guy that came from uh the depths to be able to rise up to the to to the heights that you have but I'm not paying that guy. I just I just don't want him here, like, period. There's, there's a pile of guys that, and, and you know, you can look at it and say, well, if not, I mean, even if he was free, he would be depth. Why wouldn't you want to do that? There's just a pile of guys I feel like we would use as a crutch, and he's one of those guys. Like, Lazard would come in, and we would feel uh, the necessity to put him in the, if not number one, like, he would be our ex, you know, and Christian's over there is our speed guy and this and that and the other thing. I just don't want that. I want to start fresh, and I want to see guys for what they are, everybody starting from the bottom, and just put everybody in the best possible spot. And I don't know that Lazard has a best possible spot. You know, even, you know, you look at Mercedes Lewis. 
if he stayed, and I, I love Mercedes, I'd love for him to stay, but if he stayed and we drafted Darnell Washington, again, I don't think that's going to happen, but let's just say, Darnell wouldn't get on the field very much because Mercedes is the dude. And so it would stunt his growth, et cetera, et cetera. Like that, that's part of the reason I want like a clean slate. I'm so tired of all this. Well, he's not necessarily better or more talented or anything, but he knows what he's doing. And the other guy still doesn't really get it yet. So he's just going to sit over there and rot while this guy that's significantly less talented is going to take all the snaps because it's just the way it is. And I'm over it. So, I mean, look, if he comes back for a really low price, I don't really care. I certainly don't want to pay him a bunch of money, but I'm, I'm kind of just kind of just done with it. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys so much for all the calls, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you.